but yeah, Jonathan and I met in 2006. And uh, that was uh, an awesome time together that summer for that institute. Um, but then, uh, I don't know, probably six years ago now or so, uh, Jonathan came to Michigan and I'm talking to you from Michigan. And Jonathan really laid out his heart and vision related to, to 10 days. And um, it was kind of interesting because uh, he, he shared um, all these great parts of the vision, you know, whole cities stopping because God is drawing near and there's revival and, and we're believing God for that. And, you know, and then he shares, you know, longing for Jesus' second coming. And he shares about the one new man, Jew and Gentile together and all these other parts of the vision. And, uh, and then he shares that God gave him a word about mourning. And from that point on, it was, it was as if I didn't hear anything else. And I know this sounds bizarre, but I was really drawn to what I'm going to share here over the next few minutes in terms of mourning. And uh, he, he said that the Lord gave him a word based on Revelation 18. Uh, the context is, is Babylon. Believers coming out of Babylon. God's going to judge Babylon. But it says there that Babylon refuses to mourn. And when God spoke to Jonathan, he said, but my people will mourn before my return. And I was just like, wow. And that captured me in, in just such an unusual way. But anyway, um, I didn't exactly, you know, know much about that or moving in the scriptures or whatever, but God began to open my eyes more and more and more. And I, I would say, especially in light of the day that we live in, uh, in our nation, you know, for, in our nation, we've sowed seeds for so many decades now that are not going to turn out well. And on our current trajectory, there would certainly be uh, some kind of judgment that would come, but we still have the hope that as we get be before the Lord, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, these kinds of things, that God will either mitigate what's coming or avert what's coming. But be that as it may, uh, this morning idea was connected to uh, what God was calling me into related to forerunners of America, and uh, and uh, really having more of a prophetic voice. So um, just a few scriptures that really help me to unpack this. I'm going to do this briefly, and then I'd really like to move us into a prayer time, um, you know, where we really do get low before the Lord here, and we, we mourn before him. It could be the condition of your own family, meaning the spiritual condition. It could be the, the spiritual condition of your church or your community or our nation or whatever, but I'd like us to really engage some time here together, uh, getting low before the Lord. And I'll, I'll give a few more um, directions on that in, in a few minutes. But just some scriptures that really help me understand this whole aspect of mourning and what God is calling his people to do. And I would suggest it's not only uh, before Jesus returned, but it's a kind of a theme within scripture, both for us, us personally, as well as um, as well as uh, national mourning. Okay, so um, Matthew 5, verse 4, the Beatitudes, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. Like, I thought if I got low before the Lord day after day in mourning, I thought I'd, you know, end up clinically depressed or something like that. And, and yet God said there, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And 
the Lord began to grab my heart here that this morning thing is a powerful spiritual dynamic and it can help uh, fuel our, our prayer times. And so, um, and so I, you know, that was there. And then of course, going over to James chapter four, James chapter four, uh, verse four through 10, it's really the new Testament version of second Chronicles seven, 13 and 14. And just to summarize a couple of points in there, you know, he's saying, don't you realize to be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God? And he's saying this to Christians. And then in verse 9 of James 4, it literally says, turn your laughter into mourning. And the whole context of that passage is, is when you've identified sin within your own heart, compromised within your own heart, and, and you're before a holy God, you can't help but to mourn about your own condition. And this is obviously, as I just said, with, with, in the book of James, this is directed to believers. This is directed to the church. Um, and there's so many other parts of that passage that are powerful, but that was, that's what really stuck out in light of what we're talking about here um, for the next few minutes. Well, um, well then, um, Shifting more from the personal morning to the national morning, uh, this passage really stuck out to me. I'm going I'm to read just a little bit from Isaiah 22. And it says here that, um, that the nation of Israel is surrounded by the enemy. They, they've trusted in themselves to somehow have a solution and so forth. And as we know from the book of Isaiah, that the Israelites were in a rebellious time in their nation. It says at the end of verse 11, but you did not depend on him who made it, meaning the water supply. It's in the context of their water supply. They're trying to figure it out on their own. But you did not depend on him who made it, nor did you take into consideration him who planned it long ago. Now, verse 12 is what's most pertinent for us here tonight. It says, therefore, in that day, the Lord, the God of hosts, called you to weeping, to wailing, to shaving the head and to wearing sackcloth. And so that's a posture of mourning. It's a posture of getting low before the Lord. It's a posture of connecting with God in light of the, uh, the waywardness of the nation. Verse 13 goes on and says, Instead, there is gaiety and gladness, killing of cattle and slaughtering of sheep, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And so there's very much a celebratory party spirit not taking the sin of the nation seriously. And it goes on in verse 14 to say, but the Lord of hosts revealed himself to me. Surely this iniquity shall not be forgiven you until you die, says the Lord God of hosts. And so obviously very sobering. And I also want to read just a little bit from uh, Amos chapter 6 because there's some um, similarities between America, our lifestyle, and so forth, and it lands in the same place as this, uh, this idea of national mourning. So in Amos chapter 6, um, verses 1 through 7, it says, Woe to those who are at ease, or in other words, complacent in Zion, and to those who feel secure in the mountains of Samaria, the distinguished men of the foremost of nations, to whom the house of Israel comes. Go over to Calneh and look, and go over from there to Hamath the Great, and go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are they better than these kingdoms, or 
or is their territory greater than yours? Do you put off the day of calamity and would you bring near the seat of violence? And so what he's saying in verse two is, is that there's these different areas that God is judging. Are you calling yourself greater than them? Going on in verse four, it says, those who recline on beds of ivory and sprawl on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who improvise, improvise to the sound of the harp and like David have composed songs for themselves, who drink wine from the sacrificial bowls while they anoint themselves with the finest oils. And let's just stop there. This is obviously an affluent culture from ivory inlaid couches to drink, drinking bowlfuls of wine to anointing themselves with precious oils. And then it says this at the end of verse six, it says, yet they have not grieved or mourned over the ruin of Joseph, the nation of Israel. Verse seven gives the consequence. It says, therefore, they will now go into exile at the head of the exiles. And so God took this very seriously in the day that Amos was prophesying that the consequence for seeing the sin of the nation, the waywardness, the rebellion, and for not getting low before the Lord, not mourning, it was not only that they were going to go to, into exile, but it says they're going to be the first to go into exile. And so what we're, what we're looking at here in our prayer time is really getting low before the Lord and feeling what he feels when he looks out over our churches and communities of this nation and, and the whole nation. Now, there is a slight difference uh, between repentance and mourning. And um, we pick up on this. I'm just going to refer to the, the passage, but it's Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44. And Jesus, this is where he's looking out over Jerusalem and he's weeping or in other words, mourning over Jerusalem. And, and he basically is saying, you did not recognize the time of your visitation. If you had recognized the time of your visitation, it would not have had to end like this. And, what, and I just quoted the first part and the last part of that passage right in the middle. It talks about the judgment that is coming to Jerusalem, what would be coming in 70 AD, what would be the, the, the destruction of that whole city. And Jesus is weeping as he sees it, as he and, and, and feels that. But, but of course, Jesus personally, he didn't have anything to repent of, but he's weeping or mourning. And so we do want to see the difference here between confessing our sins, repenting, and, um, and actually just sitting before the Lord, feeling what he feels when he looks out over the rebellion of our nation or our communities, or, or even we might get more personal and think of family members or things like that. But we want to stop here. And, um, and we're going to take until almost uh, 7.30 Eastern time. We're going to, um, we are going to, to just get low before the Lord. And I'm going to ask us to do something that's really tough. But when we do 10 days every fall, we take a few days of getting low before the Lord in morning and so forth. Um, but I, we only need to do it for about 15 minutes. But let's not intercede. In other words, let's not ask God for anything. All we're doing here is coming before him and acknowledging 
um, what he feels. And I love what Jonathan says when he says that mourning happens when we mourn um, over what we lack or what we have lost. So when we look at our nation, what, what do we lack? Well, what should be here according to God's divine will and purposes, but it's not here. And we speak those things out. And so it's what we lack and it's what we have lost. Um, certainly America has lost some very important things over the last several dec decades, if not generations. So, um, so we're going to start here in a moment. And, and I would just ask us to, to speak out. If this is getting, it's kind of difficult how to do this, just begin with, Lord, we know we have grieved you with, and then just fill in the sentence. Um, or Lord, we know we've hurt your heart in this area. And then there's Speak out whatever it is that, that you've observed. There's kind of a component here of identificational repentance, um, you know, where you're, you're looking out across the land and you're, you're feeling it as if you yourself actually did that sin. And so we get in that low posture. And, and I know the temptation. The temptation is we need to call out to God for revival right now. We need this fixed. We need to change. And we're in sin and we got to go, wait, wait, wait. I know that over these 10 days and already praying for the outpouring of spirit, praying for revival, it's awesome. But let's take the next few minutes and let's just try to engage in God's heart in a different way. Um, that's what it's meant to me over the last five years or so of doing 10 days is that it's helped me getting low before the Lord in mourning. It has helped me to uh, pray in a different posture, feel things with God that I hadn't felt before. And it seems like when as I connect with God in this way, it's not like some sort of pity party and crying, although it can be crying and tears, but really there's a sense of connecting with God's heart that is actually very reassuring, at times energizing. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a ironic um, a paradox in terms of the effect. But anyway, um, let's go ahead. I'll start us out. And so if you're getting ready to pray, unmute yourself. Um, let's try to keep our prayers a little bit on the short side just to, uh, um, just to let many people have a chance to mourn and communicate that kind of thing to the Lord. So let's, uh, let's go ahead. Lord, we do uh, humble ourselves before you. Um, God, we lift you up as holy and righteous and your, your purposes for us our shalom, and we give you praise, oh God, that you are here for shalom. But God, I just, I come before you, God, and I just, I feel a bit undone as I look out over our nation, and God, I just, I grieve, Lord, I grieve at the lack of shalom. I grieve, oh God of heaven, I grieve over the the racial issues, the political issues, uh, the generational issues. Oh, God of heaven, uh, we have done the opposite of what you have called us into and how to get there. God, we just grieve. Lord, we grieve before you, oh God. God, we have hurt your heart. God, we just, we just are in quietness before you, God. In such sobriety. 
you know, thought well, like, got the decline of the Christian church in America. I grieve over all of the wickedness and rebellion against you that we see all the time. I grieve over the sleepiness of the church. Um, I grieve over all of the uh, blessing you've given us that we kind of throw to the side and, and don't thank you for the lack of thanksgiving. You're a great Father, we have abandoned our first love, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord. We have abandoned our first love. Father, you deserve first place in our hearts. Father, forgive. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God. Mm. Lord, I grieve over all the things I have failed to do to correct the things uh, in our nation, to speak out um, and to reveal the things you've put on my heart, uh, to not speak out against abortion, uh, homosexuality, child trafficking, for yes. not being a voice, for not being a voice, Lord God. And, but forgive me and forgive our nation for all these sins. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Father, please forgive New Zealand. We've corrupted our way. We've turned away from you, Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. We've forsaken the fount of living waters. God, we had the foundation of Christ and we and we threw it away. We threw away that foundation, Lord. And each of us has turned to go our own way. And Father, we're eating the fruit of that with racial issues and divisions and idolatry, worshipping other gods. Lord, we've taken your name out of our prayers in Parliament. We've passed the worst legislation in the world about abortions. Father, we've gone so far wrong. The head is sick. The feet are sick. We're all sick in our hearts because we've turned away from you. And Lord, most of our church is sleeping too, Lord, and not yeah. awake. Give us, Father, we're just broken. We're, we're beyond words, but we're just sighing and crying and mourning for the way that we've lost our direction. And Lord, we have lost our love for you, our first love for you, Papa, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. Forgive us as mercy. a nation in Jesus' name and have mercy on us. God, your word says we can't serve you and mammon. And God, it grieves your heart, it grieves my heart, it grieves us to know that this country has turned aside from serving you but serving mammon. And God, you gave us a great economic system so that we could prosper and spread the gospel. And God, we as a nation has take, have taken our prosperity um, and even begin to preach uh, through movies and other things that greed is good. And so, God, we've been greedy with the finances that you've given us. And instead of spreading your word and your gospel to the world, we have spread evil. We have spread evil to the world with the, with the resources you've given us. So, God, forgive us for serving mammon. And forgive us mm -hmm. for using mammon for our selfish purposes and for spreading evil. Mm. I mourn for all the ways in which at least I and maybe more of us have 
uh, fail, all the ways in which we failed to train up our children in the way they should go, Lord God, and, and to all the ways in which I failed to set a godly example in many areas of our lives, Lord God, and uh, failure to protect my daughter, Lord, from the influences of the world, Lord God. Uh, this is what I mourn over, Lord God, in the name of Yeshua. Yes, Lord, we, we mourn over the lostness of the next generation, oh God. God, we just know that you're grieving, you're looking out, God, and um, we just, our hearts are humble before you, oh God. Father, I, I grieve. Go ahead, God. Please, God. Father, I grieve over the separation in your family, Lord. Mm. I grieve over the separation in your church. I grieve over the separation between the church and the prayer movement. Mm. Lord, I grieve over the separation between the charismatic church and the evangelical church. Lord, I grieve between the separation of races and color and tongues in your church, Father. Lord, I, I grieve over the separation of the church, of the Catholic church and the Protestant church. Lord, and I ask you, Father, in this time to bring your body into a place of mourning and repentance that would allow us and give us opportunity, Father, for your love to flow through us, to get it right, Lord, to get it right for you. And we do it for yeah. you, Lord, because we love you, Father, because we love you, Father, and we want you to be lifted up, Yeshua, above everything. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I feel that I feel the grieving of the Lord's heart over the loss of intimacy in his people that have fallen away. And I feel the loss and the grieving of the fact that he knows that we don't know his voice like we should. That many people know the voice and can recognize the voice of famous speakers. But many times we don't recognize your voice, Lord, when it comes to us in a different way. So, Father, I feel that grieving, the loss of intimacy, and the loss of the treasuring of your presence and your intimacy, Lord God. You treasure us so much, Lord, but yet you are so grieved, I believe, when people, and especially children who aren't raised up in understanding that's so important, I believe that that grieves you deeply. Amen. God, I...
Jonathan, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, well, I'm going to conclude. I, for some reason, in the last 30 seconds or so, I lost my audio. Let me just close this. Uh, Father, we do come before you, God, and we want to grieve as you grieve. We want to have tears um, over our condition, our cities, our nation, just as Jesus did. God, may we move into these, uh, the rest of these 10 days up to Pentecost. God, may you grab our hearts in a new way. May you touch our hearts in a deeper way. Oh, God of heaven, may you help us to feel and to see this and help us to actually even fuel us in our, our intercession and our prayers, God, just knowing that this is your heart. God, I ask blessing on everybody that is part of this prayer call right now. I ask that by your grace, that we will go deeper, oh God, in humbling ourselves before you, God, feeling what you feel, having tears of brokenness over our, our personal situation at times, um, our, our, our national situation at times, sometimes both. But God, we ask you to take us deeper. Help us, oh Father, by your grace to enter into the throne room and be low and to feel uh, your, your heart cry. And we just commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.